Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. Standing by the podcast episode five. Hi, Ted. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Have we done five already? I think this is number five. Holy old smoke. Five, number five, <laughs> number five. Uh, we've uh, covered a number of topics, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention is um, we do intend to have guests eventually, uh, but right now we're completely wrapped up in ourselves. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know who we think we are? Enough about me. Yeah. Now you talk about me. We're for getting a while. our we're getting our feet on the ground, and we thought a yes. good way to get our feet on the ground would be uh, to tell the same old stories yeah. that we've always told yeah. for all low these yeah. many years. What do your What do your kids say? You got <laughs> my ten- kids say I have ten <laughs> stories, and I just keep telling the same ten stories on a loop. But you know what? What in doing this and yes. in sitting down and in thinking and and thinking about you know where we can go moving forward, I've come to realize that I actually have twelve to fifteen stories. <laughs> So fuck you guys, okay? Ah, <laughs> oh, Dad. <laughs> He's such a charmer, uh, isn't he? Though yeah. it was uh, it was actually fun. Uh, last night we uh, we had dinner for the first time in a long time at uh, Duke and Divines, where uh, your offspring uh, seemed to have. Uh, uh, well, Sam his... Sam works there, and yeah. Charlie's been fired from there twice. <laughs> <laughs> Different career paths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's you know, Charlie is uh, Charlie's like a shooting star. Yes, he yeah, is. He yeah, he flames out fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in it, last night, well, one of the things we talked about when we were at uh, dinner uh, was um, it's still astonishing to uh, to both Ted and I that um, Ted and me. Still the same. Sorry. <laughs> it's still astonishing to Ted and me that uh, people still approach us. You know, people will come up to me and go, Ted, how are you? Yeah. And uh, and talk about the days of, of, you know, when we were doing a regular morning show. And it's um, stunning to remember how many years ago that was. Also, it's a really high compliment. Well, more than astonishing, it's flattering. It's very flattering. And we had that experience this morning when we stopped for sandwiches and coffee yeah. at Non Solo Pane, a trattoria in, in Dorval. Right. And uh, Sebastiano, who owns and runs the joint along with his wife, Claudia, uh, A, he let us jump the line, and they were lined up right out the door. Yeah. And he waved us over, yeah. and uh, and he made us some sandwiches, and gave us some pastries to bring up to the studio. And we it so should. happened that Poseidon brought coffee as yeah. well, so it all worked out. We're getting fatter by the minute. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, it was nice that that Sebastiano yeah. uh, took took the time to ask you about yeah retirement yeah. And, and how that's going, yeah. and mentioned was, that you're missed. Yeah, he was happy for me. He said, "You know, I'm I'm glad for you. You don't have to get up in the middle of the night, and I hope you're enjoying it." It was very very kind of him. I did. I feel uh, I feel shame a little bit about cut, cutting the line there. That's we shouldn't have done. Well, that. no, he. The owner said, yeah. follow me. Yeah, that's right. So what are you going to do? Well, we did. We followed him. And the next thing you know, he was making sandwich. Yeah, yeah. and so. good sandwich, let me tell you. That's a good spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, all of that to say, um, as Ted said, it, it's quite flattering. And we thought we would talk about our last go-round at uh, Shom. Um, I think that was... Uh, I think we... 
I shouldn't say we had more fun than we ever did, but I think what happened was after we left CJD and went back to Shom, we were beginning to become much more confident in who we were and what we did and how we were doing it. And uh, I think as a result of that, we we just we were more in control. Some days out of control, but more in control yeah. of what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, speaking for myself, I know uh, a little bit less concerned with uh, what's what's anybody going to think. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Yeah. You know, I'll do yeah. I'll do what I do to the best of my ability, and if it flies, great. And if it doesn't, well, I'll try to be better tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I I think I don't know if you've noticed this, but I I certainly have. It's one of the there's a, there are a number of things that aren't great about getting older, but one of the things that is great about getting older is I don't give a shit. You know, if you, if you don't, you're not interested and I, you know, and you don't, I, then I don't care. Like you said, you know, we, in the last episode, we talked about hate mail we received and, yeah. and back then it had a, a real onerous effect. You know, it's like you'd walk around for days thinking, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And uh, now you think, ah. Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody, nobody likes to be insulted. No. Uh, nobody likes to be criticized and I don't mind constructive criticism and I'm, and I'm quite open to it. Uh, but for example, social media is not a great forum for constructive (laughs) criticism. (laughs) I hope you fucking die. You asshole piece of garbage. That's not constructive criticism. It isn't. No, I can't, I can't take that and somehow make myself better, uh, with that. Uh, but increasingly, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. My, my, my skin is not, you know, completely thick yet. You know, I'll still, sometimes I still let it get under my skin a little bit if somebody takes, you know, especially, especially an anonymous, I don't like anonymous trolls, uh, online. If you're going to take a shot at me, take your shot, but. But look me in the eye. Yeah. Look me in the eye when Stand you take your shot. what you think. Exactly. Have yeah. the courage of your convictions, and I'm liable to take you a little bit more seriously. But no, I know what you're saying. I'm getting, I'm getting much better as time well, goes I, on at, at not giving a shit. You, you wait into cesspools that I... I I'm getting better at not wading media, into those. I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> my wife will go, come and look what Ted said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not as much as I not as much as I used to, and I try to I try to measure it on yeah. a you know on a couple of on a couple of levels. A is it worth it? Is yeah. it worth you know? Is it worth the battle? Uh, and B, will I get fired for it from my current employer? <laughs> yeah, because you got to think about that a lot too. Because they're you know the sharks are constantly circling on yep. social media now. Yep. People are 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 actively trying to destroy other people's lives yeah. for sport. Yeah, it's. Uh frightening a little bit yeah and and we we did say at the out, out at the outset uh, upon sitting in these two chairs we're not going there we're, we're not, no we're not no. wading into pools we're no, gonna, no, no, no we're no, gonna no, have no, some yeah. fun and some yeah laughs and, yeah and tell stories yeah and you know what <laughs> if our if our if if by if, if we happen to blunder into yeah you know any of the hot topics of the day yeah. we will we will delicately remove ourselves or yeah. try to handle it like uh, Poseidon yeah. and Pantelis and Mike on two drink minimum. Yes. They, they, they're so good yeah. at, at, uh, at taking on like the real touchy hot topics of the day and they just yeah. make it funny. You can also email us at yugahagawaga.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just make it funny. And also, and I respect the hell out of this. They don't give a shit. Yeah. 
You don't because give a shit, do you, Poseidon? No. I, I've told fans live on air during the morning show to go fuck themselves. <laughs> just uh, Right to the point then. Yeah, just, just to cause a stir amongst themselves, and then they start fighting in the chat. But you don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, no, that, yeah that's the thing. No, no, yeah, no, like don't have to. Yeah, you know, if I, if I get one more uh, memo from head office saying, you know, <laughs> if you one more time on social media, that's it for you, Buster. Well... Okay. Yes. Well, this is actually, uh, this is a good takeoff uh, uh, point uh, for our last go-round at Shom because uh, in both our cases, it ended in a flaming wreck. It did, yeah. It did, yeah. Yeah. But we we did have fun until the the wrecks began to flame. Oh, my God. Uh, We We had had a lot of laughs, and we... Part of the fun was uh, uh, the producers that we had. We had had some... uh, who did we have? Thumbs in the beginning. Yeah, Thumbs Repa came over to show him, which yeah. was quite a departure for him because time. he had been at CJD for many, many years, and uh, and and he, I thought he thrived there. Well, he, I mean, he was so good at what he did, and he was such a great asset to us. It was great to have him, and it was Terry, Ted, and Thumbs in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm counting them off in my yeah. head. We, in a five-year run, I think we had at least five producers. We had Thumbs. We had Ryan Wood. We had Brandon Craddock. We had uh, Jay Walker. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Brandon and Jay. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Bartlett. Yeah. And was who was producing when you left? Was Jeff still producing when you left? I or? think so. Yeah? I, I think he was. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he was. Now that I think about my my last day there, I think it was him. Yeah, and we had fun with all five, but yeah. but I, the most memorable moments to me are with Jeff because yeah. Jeff had Jeff had this big booming laugh. Yeah, and Jeff, I've never seen anyone enjoy and relish in the misfortune <laughs> <laughs> of others. <laughs> And and not in a mean way no, either. Not like at all. like was... when something would go sideways on the air, yeah. he would laugh so hard. This in, is in a in a mocking way, but yeah. a lovingly yeah. mocking lovingly way. Mocking. Well, yeah. for example, the day that you you came in with your new haircut, yes, and you should have seen the haircut he got. It was the worst haircut that, that I've ever seen, <laughs> at least on you. And you told the story so well about about you said you got it. You said you went to your regular place, or you couldn't get an appointment at your regular place. So I went to haircut place, <laughs> and and. You came in, and uh, I I don't remember. Do you remember exactly what I said to you with the uh, the, the line that set Jeff off? I, well, don't, I don't remember what exactly. Well, it is. had to do with Friar Tuck. Exactly. Yeah, it and, did. And, but I, yeah, and it was something I I said. You know, I I didn't go into the barber shop with a you know a, a brown robe and a rope for a belt. <laughs> but I ended up. You came out with the Friar Tuck, yeah. Yeah. And Jeff laughed so, so loud. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is brought to you in part. By my friends at matlabonheur.ca. You know, I ended up speaking on their behalf years ago because I was looking for a new mattress. And I walked into the store, Ted, and somebody said to me, Good afternoon, how can I help you? And I looked behind me to see who he was talking to. You know, you know these days, Ted, when you go into a store and you get like... Ugh. You don't really get the kind of warmth and the kind of manners that you might be looking for when you're spending money. Uh, what you mean? Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that drew me into Matlabonor right away. They were kind. They were inquisitive about uh, what the uh, heck I was looking for in terms of a better night's sleep. And uh, they didn't pressure me. They didn't follow me around. All their stores are so beautifully designed. And in those stores, you will only find things that pertain 
to a better night's sleep. And that's uh, linens, beautiful linens. Some of them they've designed themselves. Uh, you can get all kinds of uh, pillows and bedding. And mattress. Vodka? Can you get vodka? Uh, you can't get Have vodka. A better night's sleep. No. Sorry about that. No, there's no vodka. <laughs> can't drink there. yourself to sleep at no, night. No, I don't suggest that. I suggest one of the nice new mattresses that you'll find in these beautifully designed Just stores. To help, Sarah. How Thank am I doing? You. Uh, terrific. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so far no bars at the uh, store, uh, but you will find yourself an amazing staff, a better night's sleep. And you can start at matlabunner.ca. Find the location near you. Another time we were talking about uh, the best ribs in the Montreal area were supposedly on the 132, I think in St. Constant, down around there. And it was the new... Ribs and chicken joint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you said, I was talking about that, and you said, c'est loin, ça, which yeah. means, That's, is that far? Yeah. I had no idea what you were talking about. So I forget what I said. You know, c'est loin, ça, and I went... I don't remember what I said, but again, it set Jeff off, yeah. and he had such a great, great. This laugh. would be a good place to play a clip of Jeff's laugh, but we don't have one handy. Uh, it's too bad. Yeah. We've we've got to find yeah. one. Well, yeah. we'll come back to that. Yeah, I, I know. We'll I know. I'm. That. I know. I've heard stuff. There is there is stuff yeah. with his laugh in the background yeah. somewhere in in whatever yeah. archives we have. Did you ever and, get to go through the stuff that your dad kept? You said your dad kept I, uh, yeah. like old tapes, reel-to-reel tapes and cassette tapes. My mother and father were so meticulous. They kept every article that was printed. They recorded every TV appearance we were on, and it's all in boxes. And believe it or not, part of my retirement project has been trying to find a reel-to-reel machine, and it's n- next to impossible to I find I know someone has got one. Are you kidding yeah. me? Okay, yeah. we'll talk about that okay. that after. And I should say, the, the man we're, we're speaking of, who lovingly mocked us uh, at will, um, and did it like as you point out in a brotherly fashion. Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. With, yeah. And, like you say, with love. Yeah. He is a firefighter in Vancouver, and here's something that I didn't know about fire departments across North America. They say firefighters will tell you there are two fire departments that are close to impossible to get hired by. One is New York City. And the other one is Vancouver. Really? And when Jeff got hired in Vancouver, it was being run by, you know, the way it's run, it's like the Marine Corps. These Mm -hmm. two fire departments, from all I've been told, I don't know anything, so if you're a firefighter, don't write me. Um, Jeff told me both Vancouver and New York are run in an old-fashioned form, in an old-fashioned way. Right. He told me that after he became a firefighter, one of the first calls he went on as a first responder was a decapitation in a car accident. And he heard the, the, the boss of the, the scene say, Hey, rookie, go get the head. Jesus. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, uh, he is, uh, you know, for somebody who lovingly mocked us for so long, he's now literally saving lives yep. out in Vancouver. Yep. Happily married Happily and a good married dad as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we would uh, mention that. We miss you, Jeff. Yeah. As a matter of fact, most of our producers have gone on to, uh, to much bigger and better things than yes. they ever enjoyed with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left the old fuckers behind. Yeah. And, Ryan yeah. Wood. Ryan Wood went out to Van, uh, out to, uh, Fort, Fort McMurray, McMurray, right? Yeah. And became a project manager. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a big wig and, uh, up in the oil sands. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, another proud uh, and good father. Mm-hmm. I think Brian's got three boys or something, doesn't uh, he? Two boys and a daughter. Okay. Yeah, and uh, both of his uh, sons are uh, coming back to haunt him. 
Uh, one is an incredibly good hockey player, and the other one loves to ride dirt bikes. Wow. Just like Dad did when he was young. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know yeah. that about Ryan. Bit of a speed demon when he was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway, uh, the uh, <clears throat> the story of our run included uh, all our regular figures. I don't think we had a lot of guests in those days, Ted. We had revisionist history. We had um, you know who I remember coming in one morning and I think he was I think he was pushing a vodka was Dan Aykroyd. Do you Dan remember the morning yeah, Dan Aykroyd came in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, because my son Sam was in the studio that morning and yeah. Sam probably only would have been about maybe ten years old yeah. at the time. Yeah, but I specifically remember Dan Aykroyd and, coming in. And was was that the era when the guys from Johnny Walker came in? No, that, that was, was during our run. That was during when we were at Mix ninety six. That's actually a great story. Yeah, uh, and that was back when I uh, when I was still drinking. And uh, the Goodwill Ambassador from Johnny Walker was doing the rounds, and he came into the radio station. and They were launching the Blue Label. Is that what they were doing? Yeah, because the Blue Label is, what, 200 bucks a bottle? Something crazy, yeah. yeah. They lined up five bottles of scotch, and we sampled from each bottle, up to and including the Blue. At 7.45 in the morning. Yeah, it was early in the morning. (laughs) All I remember was that the 8.30 news was a happy, happy newscast. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Everything's great. In the news, it's all great. I'll tell you right now. It's great. There's a couple of legendary stories in the industry of, of drunk news guys. And what is well, it? you witnessed one. I did. <laughs> what What is it about drunk news guys that go? Something tells them to go to. Everything's okay. No problem. I don't whatsoever. know. I don't know. And, but and yeah, <laughs> we've we've heard a couple of tapes of a couple of people doing just that. There's one from Calgary in the 1980s. Yeah, I wish I still had this because oh, yeah. it was so funny. I can't. I've looked for it. I can't. This find guy it was. He was hammered. Oh, it was New Year's Eve. Is that what it was? I think so. Well, he obviously came straight to work from the party or the bar or wherever he was. And he opens the newscast with... (laughs) He opens the newscast by going, It's 7 degrees at 6.01. It's minus (laughs) 4. An 11-degree temperature yeah. swing in yeah. that two-second span. And it all went downhill from there. He just kicked it around yeah. the block. And like Terry said, every story he did, there's a fire in the northeast end today, but everything's okay, no problem whatsoever. Every story <laughs> yeah. at the end of it was everything's okay, no yeah. problem whatsoever, which I think was him trying to convince himself Self. on the air right. that everything was okay, right. no problem whatsoever. I got news for you, pal. Yeah. Everything's not okay, <laughs> big problem. So you... You read the news, and I hosted the show. And you know, I, I'm I'm thinking of my most recent turn at Shome, where you know they 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 fired my guest host and then gave me a bunch of you know people you know asked me to have a bunch of people on at different points during right. the week. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't have to spend money on a co-host. Yeah. Um. And I, uh, when you and I were doing the the show together. Um, I don't think we had any of that. We relied on uh, mostly your sense of humor and uh, and uh, my ability to make the show go straight. <laughs> <laughs> it was smooth just like that. Yeah, yeah. and your ability to articulate. Yes. <laughs> that reminds me of a story one time about a guy, uh, a guy who we worked with who uh, said, you know, I tried to, he, had one, he was one of those classic guys with a big, big voice, but nothing to say. Yes. So give him something to read and he sounds great, yeah. but if he has to say something, he right. struggles. 
And he said, yeah, I says, he says, I was in London, Ontario. I tried to do a talk radio, but I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> he says, but you guys, he goes, you guys are so like with, you, with, you know, you guys know how, like with words. And I said, articulate. And he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both, we both brought our own strengths. To the, I think to, so. To yeah, I think they're 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 complementary skill sets. Yeah, I think I think that's how it went, and it was going along swimmingly. We were having an absolute ball. Uh, ratings were good. Advertisers wanted to be on the program. Everything was coming up roses. Everything was going great, and then bosses switched. Yeah, and I don't want to get into. Um, I'm not personally. No, no, it won't get into mudslinging. It just was a, it was a, it was a a clash of personalities and philosophies, which is what happened to me later. Right. So uh, a guy arrives in the building and he, for lack of a better term, had what I considered a bit of a bully style. Mm -hmm. Um, We went from a guy who was, you know, arm around you, encouraging you. And would say to you, you know, you did this thing, but maybe you want to try it this way. You know, just well, and, and who also respected your experience yeah. and your and your history, right? And and, and your heritage in the marketplace, right? And my haircut, that too, Friar Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, when this change came, I began to clash. And one of the things that I must confess uh, on the podcast is through my thirties and forties. I was quick to anger. I had quite a temper. And I, I always believed that, um, you know, I was passionate about what I was doing and I was really, you know, I was stubborn and I really, I didn't respond well to, you're doing it all wrong. Yeah. I, di- I didn't well, respond. Well, who would? I didn't respond well. Who would, that. especially if you're established in, you know, at this point you're like 25 yeah. years in or whatever, and you've done very well at what you do. And so. I've, I've, I've been very lucky. I worked for a lot of great program directors because that's what they're called. They're called program directors. But, I, you know, I had other program directors. One guy told me I was telling the time wrong. And I thought to myself, what? What in blue blazes? Anyway. Uh, Look at the clock. Yeah. It's 96 after three. <laughs> what don't you get? No, you know what he told me? What? Don't say 10 past seven. Nobody knows what that is. The Standing By podcast is being supported by the Mersons. The Mersons are a family who've been running an automotive center at the corner of St. Jacques and Cavendish for more than 50 years. Ted and I have been clients of theirs and speaking on their behalf for almost 30 years. And it's because I don't know anything about anything when it comes to cars, mechanics, and tires. Now, I know tires are round. I know you need four of them on my particular automobile. I also know they're made of rubber and they have writing on the side, Ted. Good for you. You're coming along, Terry. You're coming along. (laughs) Merson will take it from here. Uh, They know everything about tires. They've been tire specialists now for over 50 years. Their service advisor's knowledge is second to none. They'll work with you to make sure you purchase the right tire for your car, not just for your car, but for your driving habits. They've got competitive pricing with most sizes available in stock and experienced tire technicians who can expertly handle and balance your wheels. And uh, they also specialize in uh, Yokohama tires and Nokian tires, two of the best brands out there. 
A family-run business. That's the other thing I love about them. The owners are at the counter if you ever have a problem, and you won't. Call them at 487-5545. You can also visit them online at mercenauto.com. So anyway, so guy comes in and uh, and we begin to fight. Yep. And uh, when I say fight, I mean, you know, I, I tried to be respectful, but as the disrespect for what I did grew, I became more and more angered. And in what year was it? I think it was 2007. Ted and I had a contract that expired at the end of August. And so the, the contract expires, and Ted and I sat down, and Ted said, what are we going to do? And I said, we're not going to do anything. We're going to sit here, and they know where to find us, and if they want to keep us, they'll keep us, and if they don't, they won't. So the uh, contract uh, was presented to us, and it came with what I like to refer to as a punch clock clause. This is one of the reasons I got into radio. I forgot about that. Right. This was the first thing on wow. the contract. And one of the things, the, one of the reasons I got into radio was because when you do a show on the radio, it's all up to you what you do, how you do it, how you execute it, but... You've got to be successful. If you don't get ratings, you're out on your ass. Get ratings or get fired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that meant you could come in, you know, whatever time you needed to, however you wanted to do it. If you wanted to do all your work at home and come in in the last minute, then that was fine with most people. As long as you were successful. As long as you were successful. Yeah. And I, Ted, would would knows this. Ted always got there before I did. And in those days, I was doing the last minute thing. I was, I w- was prepared when I arrived, but I didn't like to arrive too early. I got there with 10 minutes to spare and sat down. This guy didn't like that. And in the contract, he put, you will arrive at such and such a time and you will stay until such and such a time. And I looked at that, and I folded it up. I put it back in the envelope, and I put it on his desk. And I said, never going to sign a contract with a punch clock on it. And he said, okay, get out of my office. And I did. And I think maybe three, four days passed by without any chat or talk. And he said, I've, I've redone the contract, and I've taken out the arrival time, but your departure time is still there. And I said, at the risk of repeating myself i'm not not going to sign a contract that tells me when i can come and when i can arrive i'm not working under those conditions and you may be listening to this and thinking i'm the arsehole but believe me at this point i had been doing it a long time and well not only that but the nature of the job is such that your whole like you know in his mind it's like okay you're going to stay and you're going to prepare for tomorrow's show right you spend the whole day you you're never not preparing exactly you're thinking about the show all the time things that are happening in your daily life i can i can talk about that tomorrow i can use that tomorrow show prep is an ongoing thing it's not i mean i know some guys sit down and go okay here's what we're gonna do tomorrow let's write this funny little bit and that's what we'll do tomorrow that's not your style and it's not we did. Well, no, and it's not what made us successful. So While that was happening, um, I got a phone call out of the blue, and I mean out of the blue. A lot of people asked me if I orchestrated it. I did not. The phone rang at my home, and I picked up the phone, and uh, a guy said to me, you know, my name is such and such, and I work at Chorus Radio in, in Calgary, and uh, we're, we're looking to make a change, and we were just wondering, what's the termination clause 
in your contract. He wanted to know how much notice I would have to give if I was going to leave. And I said, uh, I don't have a contract. And there was a long pause. He said, what do you mean you don't have a contract? And I said, my contract has expired and we haven't signed anything. I'm a free agent. And he said, you mean you could, you could like give two weeks notice? And I said, yeah, I would have to give two weeks notice. I think that's the right thing to do. And he said, can you fly to Toronto and have lunch with us on such and such a date? And I won't go through the, the machinations of, you know, what the negotiations excuse me, were. But in 2007, the economy was booming in Calgary. And they were really, they really, really wanted me to go work for them. And uh, they threw everything up in the air. When I asked them how long the contract day would be, they said, how long do you want? When I said, you know, uh, is the contract guaranteed? In other words, you know, you have to, you know, it's called pay or play that every year in the contract is guaranteed. So if you signed for five years and they fired you after two, they had to pay for five. They agreed to everything that I put in front of them. And uh, I left. Um, and I didn't leave you out of the discussion. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of discussions with Ted. And Ted, being the class act that he is, said, do not let our friendship and our team uh, stand in the way of uh, you getting a better deal and and doing something good for yourself and your family and after uh, much consternation i was i had just i was about to turn 50 or i had just turned 50 i think that was a big change to make at that age and i signed the contract and off i went he had and to get someone else to carry his bags this time i though. did yeah, <laughs> i wasn't there to carry them yeah. i couldn't bring ted with me this go round and i had a ball in calgary i loved calgary i loved everything about it i enjoyed my time there it was uh, it was a terrific terrific experience uh, there were some things that you know the, they didn't know exactly what to do with me uh, the economy went for a shit a year after I got there. We hit the recession in 2008. So there were some things that weren't great timing-wise, but I don't regret it for a second, and I had a ball. And that left you in charge when I left. Well, in charge in a way, yeah. I was, you know, I wasn't the, I wasn't the quote-unquote host of the show. Uh, Rob Kemp actually came in. Yeah. And uh, Rob hosted for a little while, uh, about a year, year and a half, I guess. And, uh, and then... My version of your guy, who you clashed and butted heads with, came in and um, same same thing. Yeah, and, and I was I was of the opinion and and still am that if you have if you're the senior person on the morning show, and you have longstanding tenure on that morning show, and they want to make changes to that morning show, you should have some input. And this guy was not of that, that opinion at all. That would all. be the respectful thing to well, do. Well, yeah, no, and this yeah. guy didn't, you know, and that's that was part of the changing landscape. That was after the radio station had been sold by the Slates, who were a radio family, to Astral, which was a corporation. And so instead of having these lifelong radio guys running the joint, you had, you know, bean counters running the joint. So, you know, when I suggested that, well, wait a minute, if you're going to make changes in the morning show which they were going to, I'd like to sit in on the meetings. I'd like to have some input. And they were like, well, it's got nothing to do with you. It's not your decision. You'll, yeah. just, you'll just do what you're told. And so I butted heads with this guy for a while. And uh, at one point he said, uh, he said, uh, listen, if you don't like it, why don't you quit? And I said, okay, fuck you. I quit. 
don't you know who I think I am? Mm. And uh, and away I went. And I thought that uh, because I'd been doing what I'd been doing for a long time and I was pretty good at it, that I'd be okay. I'd be able to get another job. Maybe not at the you know, at the same compensation level, but I would do fine. But I totally misread the landscape of the business because it was changed. I should have, should have known. In retrospect, I see it all now. Yeah. And, um, and just guys like me, they were showing guys like me the door. Mm. You know, I did them a favor, actually, right. yeah. by, by leaving. They didn't have to fire me and, yeah. and pay me a big fat severance because I left. So I left with my pride and my integri- integrity intact, but with an empty wallet. You, you described it to me. You, you said to me, I didn't just burn the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Two flamethrowers, one in each hand. <laughs> and uh, that, I can do a live and learn. Makes for yeah, a good story. It sure does. Yeah. And that is the, that is the story of the, uh, that was really, that was the, that was the end of the Terry and Ted uh, days. Yeah. 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 Well, the end of the Terry and Ted days were, you know, that, that came to a conclusion when you went to Calgary, Yeah, but the end of either one of us at Shome yeah. for, for the time being yes. at least was, uh, was when I left in two, that was in, uh, in 2010. Yeah. And people yeah. ask me why I came back and, uh, it's a bit of a long story, but in a nutshell, they asked me, <laughs> they came out to Calgary and said, we want you to come home. That's the short version of a very long story. Time to tell you a little bit about our title sponsors at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. I was up there the other day because I had to reluctantly return the Jaguar F-Type P380 Sports Coupe that they loaned to Terry and me to drive around for the weekend. The last time we uh, recorded some of these podcast episodes. What a beautiful, beautiful car. Goes like stink, too. And that's why I had to also inform them that when they get the photo radar ticket, That'll be for me. Just uh, forward that to me. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But no. uh, I did see I did see a flash when I was going across the Illatorte Bridge uh, in the middle of the night. So that can only mean one thing. Now, when I went back up there uh, to return the car, I was talking to Nino Di Cubellis, who is uh, the president and owner of Jaguar Land Rover Laval, along with his brother Renato. Nino was telling me Jaguar races in the E-Series. You know what I mean? The electric cars? I do. They look like Formula One cars, but they're electric cars. Uh, Jaguar has a team. You know who one of their drivers is? No. Sam Bird. No. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, not my son, Sam Bird. Oh, okay. (laughs) But but a Sam Bird nonetheless. If any of the birds were going to be race car drivers, it would have been Charlie. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I was a billionaire, Charlie Bird would be driving in Formula One right now. Yeah, he is a, uh, to say he's a, a master of uh, automobiles would be a bit of an understatement. When they, uh, when when Jaguar Land Rover Val gives you an F-type for the weekend, it's a good news, bad news kind of deal, eh, Ted? Because the good news is I got an f type Jaguar for you for the weekend. The bad news is you got to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You may as well be grateful for the, yeah. uh, for the two or three days that we had it. What a spectacular vehicle. And it doesn't matter what kind of Jaguar you get yourself into. It's, it's high end luxury and, and pretty good bang for the buck on a comparative level. That F type is a spectacular sports coupe. That's a top of the line sports coupe. And you can get into that uh, for under six figures. And I know, you know, I know a lot of people are going, well, yeah, but, but you know what? There is a market for those cars. Yeah. There are people who can afford those cars and under six figures is a really good deal for a vehicle that beautiful. And as I said to you, when I was sitting in it, it's beautifully designed an absolutely beautiful design for a sports car. And of course, when you're at the dealership, you could also wander over and have a look at the Land Rovers too. 
And Jaguar Land Rover Laval does it right at every level. They have a spectacular product and they have spectacular service. And that starts at the top with Nino and Renato and goes all the way down. They have a family who work there and it's, it's a family run business and uh, they'll treat you like family when you go in there. They treat their staff like family. Well, that's because some of their staff are family, but they, even the ones who aren't family get treated like family. And you will be too when you go to Jaguar Land Rover Laval. They're on car four, uh, corner of Shamity in Laval. That's where uh, the new car dealership is for the certified pre-owned and McLaren Montreal. You're just a little bit south of there on Shamity Boulevard. Go up just to have a look. They'd be fine pleased to show you their spectacular lineup of vehicles. And uh, I suppose you could ask for a spot of tea because they are British luxury vehicles. <laughs> uh, with Nino and Renato, you're probably better off asking for an espresso. They can probably that round that up for you a lot quicker than a spot of tea. <laughs> you can also visit them online, of course. Visit LandRoverLaval.ca or JaguarLaval.ca. This is from our second go-around at Shome. This is from a, a feature called Revisionist History. Uh, that I came up with uh, when I was listening to the radio one day, and it was actually Gord Sinclair was doing, uh, and he used to do this on the new news on CJD every day, on this date in history, in 1925, and I thought, okay, well, that, it's, it's, it's interesting in its own way, but there's got to be a way to dress that up. And so I thought, how about this date in revisionist history? I'll take a famous event in history, and uh, I'll twist it around and make a joke about it. And it became a long-running and uh, popular uh, feature for the most part. For whatever reason, older people don't like it. I had an elderly woman approach me at the Hudson Legion at one of the Remembrance Day dinners and, and say, I really enjoy your program except for revisionist history. I turn the radio off when that comes on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry you don't enjoy that. And one of, one of the things I want to mention is uh, Ted and I, in the days when we, especially in the early days, I would gather up articles and newspaper clippings and I had a notepad and a, a, a whole raft of stuff that I would decide the morning of what we would talk about and I wouldn't let Ted anywhere near it because I wanted to do everything live on the air and the same thing happened with revisionist history I never no, knew, you never knew what was never coming. knew what was coming and when it came to the joke translator I never knew what was coming right. and the joke translator was born of and I think this is why uh, some people didn't like the bit might have been because they didn't really get it. Mm. Like if you didn't know your history, you right. might not always get the joke. So then we introduced the joke translator, right. which was John Moore, our great and good friend, who's now he's the biggest morning man in the yeah, country he's a, now, a isn't big, he? A big Toronto media star. Yeah, yep. on uh, on CFRB. It's uh, CFRB 1010 radio, radio dial. <laughs> and so John would do the joke translator and and explain why the joke was funny. So I. Th we picked this one because I think this is maybe the funniest joke translator that he ever did. And this was, what we're going to play is a replay from a, a Christmas show that we did. It was a, the, every Saturday morning we would do the best of uh, Terry, Ted, and Kim when we were working with Kim Rossi. And um, I think that's where this is from because there's Christmas music. So I assume it wasn't uh, sometime in, in August. Shall we? Shall we? Poseidon? Yes. The Spirit of Rock, Shalom 97.7, and Life is a Highway from Tom Cochran and Band-Aid before that. Do they know it's Christmas? 1984. Is that possible? Is it possible that that was 20 years ago? It's as possible as it is that the Beatles thing was 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't know. We're all... Time marches on. We're old, wrinkly men. <laughs>
<laughs> we are crinkly, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's uh, reminisce, shall we, Ted? Sure. Remember the time. Uh, <laughs> remember the time back on. Doing. Remember the time back oh, yeah. on Thursday. No, it was Wednesday. Remember the time back on Wednesday we did a Christmas revisionist history. Oh yeah, you got holy hell from the Christian uh, and coalition. We, we, didn't we you? laughed so hard. No, I got one letter. Yeah, I got one complaint letter, and I got about ten letters from people saying that was hilarious. You've got to send me a copy. It was Wednesday's Christmas revisionist history. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. This was our final hour. Osama bin Laden, you can kiss my royal Irish ass. Whatever. And now, Revisionist History with Ted Bird on the Spirit of Rock. Sean 97.7. Good morning, Ted. Morning, Tear. Today in Revisionist History, on this date in 2 B.C., the first Christmas was postponed for at least a year after an ultrasound revealed that Mary was pregnant with Jesus' older sister, Janet Christ. (laughs) Although she lived anonymously in the shadow of her famous brother, Janet Christ was by all accounts a solid citizen, active in local charities and women's theater. They also say that she made the best fish cakes in all of Nazareth. Don't hear much about Janet. No, you don't. I don't even know if she gets a mention in the New Testament. <laughs> All right, here's the joke translator. Just a word of warning. The joke translator, when he emailed this to me this morning, the subject field said, take all the phones off the hook. Here we go. This joke is funny, owing to the image of the much-put-upon sister of Jesus Christ, living a quiet life in the suburbs, putting up with weekly visits from her mother and constant haranguing. Jesus threw the moneylenders out of the temple. Jesus can make water into wine. You're wasting your life in a two-room hovel while your brother even has his own disciples. Last week he raised the dead. I'll have another one of those fish cakes. At least there's one skill you have. Did I tell you next week Jesus is going to Jerusalem on a donkey? So maybe you and that useless husband of yours might want to pick some palm and get yourselves to the city and show just a little support for the family business for once. <laughs> I'll have another fish cake. <laughs> One of the funniest joke translators ever. Anyway, we thought so, and uh, anybody who listens to the program knows that we're not blasphemous. I was raised a Catholic, and I thought it was fall-down funny. And that John Moore, John Moore plays the role of the joke translator. And that was one of the funniest ones yeah. yet. You know what? I think Jesus himself would have belly laughed at yeah, that. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> that ought to be good for a few more letters. <laughs> <laughs> Music from the Pretenders and a Christmas favorite coming up. I didn't know what uh, what era that was, but uh, it sounded like I was all hepped up on the goofballs. Well, I th- talking pretty fast. I think that the, I think the tape was sp- sped up a little bit. We both seem, we both sound a little bit like this. Yeah. You know that reminded me. Uh, jo- uh, speaking of John Moore, John also uh, wrote and uh, did some of the voices on Westmount H three Z two Y four, and I know that I've got some copies of that somewhere. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll dig that out for a future episode. John is a very smart and very funny guy. Um, Ted and I uh, have listen to us both burping. <laughs> <laughs> Ted and it's I. It's like we just had the early bird special. <laughs> Christ, those guys need their nap. Get them off. <laughs> Ted and I have been uh, talking about some early clips, and um, I won't be surprised if we get a lawyer's letter from Shom because no, <laughs> nor will I. But that's fine. We'll just uh, we'll use it to promote the podcast. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, it was uh, from uh, from the I guess the mid aughts, as I yeah. like to call yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been around the early, early yeah. somewhere between two thousand two and two thousand. We used to record a, a best of show uh, to uh, fill some Saturday programming. On Saturday mornings from 10 to noon, they would put together, well, they, the uh, producers, would put together a a number of clips from uh, the week, and we would go in and intro them, and we we had a lot of fun doing it. You know, we were, it was Friday morning, it was at 10 o'clock after we were done the uh, the main program. We were already drunk. We were, yeah, (laughs) we were were tired, we were usually eating fried chicken. Yeah. And uh, we had a lot of fun, and the, the show already is always closed out with a, a blooper reel. And that's, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that I, I keep saying throughout the podcasts that we do is the stories that we're telling, even the ones that weren't a lot of fun for us, um, please don't mistake it for complaining because we've been so oh my God. lucky, blessed, privileged, whatever word you want to use. We found something. Uh, that we love to do, and people paid us to do it. Well, what do they say? Do something that you love, and yeah. you'll never work a day in, in your life. life. Yeah. And I, I really, I, you know, when I look back on it, I think to myself, I never, I never did any of it for the money. I, I did it. I did it because I, I. I will now, though, because <laughs> I need the money at this point. I'm more than happy to do it for well, the money. Two divorces. That'll yeah, fix boy, that. Yeah, boy. Let me tell you. I, uh, I, I really, um, you know, I want to make sure that people know we're telling stories. We're being honest, yep. like we always have been over the years, and uh, please don't mistake it for complaining because uh, we love to. We you'll love know to, when we're complaining. Oh fuck, will you ever? <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't be able to mistake that. We yeah. we really we've been lucky, and as Ted often says, we've had a hell of a we had a hell of a run. Yeah, we really did. Well, I don't think we're done yet. I've had fun nope. doing this so far. Well, so have I. Yeah. And again, Poseidon's still putting up with us. Yeah. He hasn't thrown us out of his studio yet. Nope. So still, you want to come back and do another one next week? Still not asleep, Poseidon? <laughs> not not bored yet? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is this is another thing that we've been, uh, you know, we've been, uh, we mentioned this in the first episode, and we should mention it again. Uh, Mike Ward, Pantelis, Poseidon, Phil, um, were, said, you guys got to do a podcast. Yeah. And uh, we went, oh, okay. And these are guys who are well-established in the podcast industry. They've been doing it for a lot of years. They're at the top of the game, and uh, they've afforded us an opportunity to uh, get in on the top floor as opposed to the ground floor. So we're grateful for that. Yeah, we are. Um, And in the coming uh, weeks, uh, we promise uh, some, uh, I think uh, eventually we're going to get some guests on once we get our feet on the ground. And uh, there are still more stories to come. Yeah, you got to put up with a few more stories about us. Yeah. And uh, then we'll get some other people in here and they can talk (laughs) about us. (laughs) Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Because you're probably going to move up north at some point anyway, so you might as well drive a Land Rover and fit in.